0: This call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to my show. YouTube, Roku, Internet Radio Podcasts. My show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD. Deficit Integrity Disorder, or you could say Integrity Deficit Disorder for that matter. I am the author of Embracing the Abyss. Today's lessons on integrity begins with some editorial, videos, views, important events of our time. Here goes this episode today. Decided that I'm going to uh, pick some topics that I want to share with you. And the topics are uh, however long I'm going to get 30 minutes in here for this. First one I'll start with is uh, a, uh, an article that came from Barron's. The stock market had a wonderful year. Too bad no one enjoyed it. By Ben Levison. Misery may love company, but this is getting ridiculous. If all you had to ponder, were the numbers, you would assume that everyone would have fond memories of 2021. Jobs were plentiful. Economic growth was the strongest it had been in decades. And stock returns were out of this world. It is the kind of data that would be had celebrated just a few years ago. Despite the new year, Americans aren't celebrating they're mostly miserable. The University of Michigan Index of Consumer Sentiment dropped 13% to 70.6% in 21, the lowest end-of-year reading since 2008, when the world was in the throes of the global financial crisis. Unlike that year, when the S&P 500 Index dropped 38%, the index is up by more than 27%. That's the largest stock market gain in a year when sentiment suffered a double-digit drop in at least 25 years. It's the kind of agony expected from a bunch of teenagers at a Cure concert, but it's hard to blame people for their gloom. COVID-19 was supposed to be long gone by this point, Or at least that's what we'd hoped as 2021 got underway. But a combination of vaccine reluctance, virus mutations, and other factors has meant that not only is the virus still with us, but also that the U.S. is ending the year with a record number of cases, a seven-day average of 277,741, according to to the centers for disease control and preventive prevention data, and a little sign that the Omicron spike will let up anytime soon. That the disease appears to have become less deadly as it has mutated, it is easy to overlook, though it shouldn't be. The outlook for Omicron remains the same as cases continue to break records globally. But the lack of sharp increase in hospitalizations is allowing stocks to rally into the year-end, writes Stevens Reports' Tom Essay. Essay. Surging inflation has been weighing on Americans The Federal Reserve, after all, promised that rising prices would be transitory, and yet here we are at the end of the year with the consumer price index climbing at its fastest annual rate since 1982. And even Fed Chairman Jerome Powell has said, it's time to retire the word. The word, of course, is... The word transitory, it's here to stay. It's not going to change for a long time. In the latest University of Michigan report, a fourth of respondents cited a hit to their living standards due to inflation. The hope of a brief and fleeting spurt in prices has been dashed, writes Stephen Stanley chief economist of Amherst Pierpoint Securities. Inflation pressures have broadened behind the handful of pandemic reopening categories and intensified. Well, it still is rare to see such a disconnect between sentiment in the stock market. Since 1997, there have been 12 years of a declining sentiment, with the S&P 500 finishing higher during seven of them. The decline in confidence during those years, however, was usually relatively small. The only year previous to 2020 when confidence suffered a double digit decline and the market rose was in 2007 when a recession had already started But the S&P 500 finished up 3%. Never has sentiment suffered double-digit inclines for two years in a row only to see the S&P 500 rise by double digits in both years. That suggests that perhaps there is a growing divide between what respondents say and what they do. Retail sales increased by 18.2% in November year-over-year, while the most recent quits data from the Department of Labor was 2.8%, down from a record 3%, but still elevated. Even inflation might not be the problem that it appears to be, observes Nicholas Kolas, co-founder of the DataTrack Research. Google searches for words like discount, cheap, and coupon are declining, not rising. As much as U.S. consumers may think about inflation, and numerous surveys show that clearly do, they are not yet responding to higher prices by seeking out better deals, he writes. This is good news for U.S. corporate earnings power especially among larger companies that also enjoy economies of scale and scope. Maybe so, but investors aren't feeling very good about the stock market either, despite or because of three consecutive years of double-digit gains, big-time gains. The latest American Association of Individual Investors sentiment survey show that the percentage of bulls remained below 45% for a fifth straight week. Despite the the S&P 500 trading above its rising 50-day moving average, observes Sundial Capital Research's Jason Govert. When that had happened in the past, the S&P 500 had gone on to average a 4.6% gain Over the next three months. But just as consumers' pessimism isn't necessarily reflected in their actions, investors seem to be buying stocks despite a gloomy outlook, and they should be good news for the market. That should be good news for the market. The current low optimism, given a mostly healthy market environment, especially during this time of year, suggests higher prices. Just don't expect it to be easy. The Fed, after all, is cutting back its bond purchases, and the federal fund futures market is pricing in a greater than 50% chance of a rate hike at the March meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee. That would be an interest rate hike. That's likely to ingest a dose of volatility into the market. You bet. You won't. Be surprised with this coming down the line. With interest rates likely to remain below both the rate of inflation and the rate of economic growth, stocks should still be the place to be, writes Jeffrey strategist Sean Darby, as long as the cost of credit relative to U.S. Treasuries doesn't get too expensive. Nominal GDP will still be above Government bond yields, ensuring equities outperform their peers. But a watchful eye on credit spreads will be the litmus test for owning the more challenging business models. He explains. And if the market doesn't keep going up, at least investors will have something to be miserable about. Thank you very much, Ben Levishan. I have a uh, local news story called Shell Shocked But Happy Owner Gets His Tortoise Back. I trust you can see this man hugging his tortoise. <laughs> it's an outstanding scene. Daniel Guerrero thought the world was over. In late October, the former San Marcos Major's 25 pound yellow footed rescue tortoise, Diego, went missing from his backyard. A distraught Guerrero, who regularly posts about Diego's adventures on Instagram, pleaded with his social media followers for help. He should not be placed in the river, as he would not survive, Guerrero wrote. After knowing that a witness saw a passing motorist pick Diego up, he won't survive the next cold front if he is not found and returned home soon. Guerrero, who served as mayor from 2010 to 2016, offered a 1000 cash reward for Diego's safe return. But days turned into weeks and there was no sighting of poor Diego. Then, December 3, one of Guerrero's longtime friends, Ben Cavallani, a San Marcos River enthusiast and former Olympic kayaker, noticed the cats on his property along san marcos river were going nuts and dancing around something that appeared to be a rock but it wasn't a rock i went out there and checked and there was daniel's tortoise cavani Cabandli said adding that the tortoise then followed him everywhere he went if i sat down he climbed up in my lap he just wanted to be close to somebody after 38 days on the lam, Diego the tortoise had been found. He appeared shell-shocked, but in overall good health. Cavalli immediately texted Guillermo, who was volunteering as Santa Claus at the San Marcos Public Library, and the pair were united within hours. What a great suit. It was like a military guy surprising his kid at Christmas, Kivonli said, of the reunification. Kivonli snapped a photo of Ghetto giving his 22-year-old tortoise an embrace, which the former mayor posted on his Instagram. My Christmas miracle arrived early. that Esk- ex- <laughs> mark. Guerrero captioned the photo. After a few days of rest and relaxation, the rescue tortoise and his human can go back to their regular scheduled activities, which include appearances at schools and festivals where Guerrero educates the public about the difference between turtles and tortoises. And as for the $1,000 cash reward, Cavani wouldn't accept it, but that didn't stop Guerrero from making it count. Daniel wanted to pay it forward, he said. He insisted on giving the reward to my daughter, who has been saving to start an ice cream stand and lemonade stand. Anne Blanks writes this through the Express News. Terrific. There it is again, if you didn't see it first time around. (laughs) I didn't know tortoises would hug you, give you a big hug. I mean, look at that. That's really something. Hey daddy, that's my grandfather's clock. I have another article here. Uh, It's called Zuckerbuck's and the 2020 election. The author is Molly Hemingway published by Hillsdale College. The following is adapted from chapter seven of Rigged, how the media, big tech, and the Democrats seized our elections. In the 2020 presidential election, for the first time ever, partisan groups were allowed on a widespread basis To cross the bright red line separating government officials with the minister elections from political operatives who work to win them. It is important to understand how this happened in order to prevent it in the future. Months after the election, Time Magazine published a triumphant story of how the election was won by a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies, working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. Written by Molly Ball, a journalist with close ties to Democratic leaders, It told a cheerful story of a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, the result of the informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. A major part of the conspiracy to save the 2020 election was to use COVID as a pretext to maximize absentee and early voting. This effort was enormously successful. Nearly half of voters ended by voting by email, excuse me, by mail, and another quarter voted early. It was, Ball wrote, practically a revolution in how people vote. Another major part was to raise an army of progressive activists to administer the elegance, the election at the ground level. Here, one billionaire in particular took a leading role. Facebook founder, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg's help to Democrats is well known when it comes to censoring their political opponents in the name of preventing misinformation. Less well known is the fact that he directly funded liberal groups running partisan get-out-the-vote operations. In fact, he helped these groups infiltrate election offices in key swing states by doling out large grants to crucial districts. The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, an organization led by Zuckerberg's wife, Priscilla, gave more than 400 million to nonprofit groups involved in securing the 2020 election. Most of these funds, colloquially called a Zuckerbucks, were funneled through the Center for Tech and Civil Civic Life, a voter outreach organization founded by Tiana Epps Johnson, Whitney May, and Donnie Bridges. All three had previously worked on activism relating to election rules for the new organizing institute. Once described by the Washington Post as the Democratic Party's Hogwarts, for wizardry, digital wizardry. Oh, I sure slammed those words together. Digital wizardry. Flush with 350 million in Zuckerberg's, the CTCI proceeded to disperse large grants to election officials and local governments across the country. Wow, I didn't know this. These Disbursements were billed publicly as COVID-19 response grants, ostensibly to help municipalities acquire protective gear for poll workers or otherwise help protect election officials and volunteers against the virus. In practice, relatively little money was spent for this. Here, as in other cases, COVID simply provided cover. According to the Foundation for Government Accountability, FGA, Georgia received more than $31 million in Zuckerbucks, one of the highest amounts in the country. Three Georgia counties that received the most money spent only 1.3% of it on personal protective equipment. The rest was spent on salaries, laptops, vehicle rentals, attorney fees for public re- record requests, bail-in balloting, and other measures that allowed elections losses to hire activists to work the election. Not all Georgia counties received CTCI funding, and of those that did, Trump voting counties received an average of 1.91 per registered voter, compared to 7.13 per registered voter, in Biden voting counties. Wow, that's a big difference. Three and a half to one, approximately. The FGA looked at this funding another way too. Trump won Georgia by more than five points in 2016. He lost it by three-tenths of a point in 2020. On average, at a share of the two-party vote, most counties moved Democratic by less than one percentage vote vote in that time. Counties that didn't receive Zuckerberg's showed hardly any movement, but counties that did move an average of 2.3% points in Democratic. In counties they did not receive Zuckerberg's roughly saw half an increase in Democratic votes that offset the increase in Republican votes, while roughly half saw the opposite trend. In counties that did receive Zuckerbuck's, by contrast, three quarters saw a significant uptick in Democratic votes that offset any upward change in Republican votes, including highly population Fulton, Gwinnett, Cobb, and DeKalb counties. Of all the 2020 battleground stations, it is property probably in Wisconsin where the most has been brought to light in how the Zuckerbergs worked. CTCL distributed 6.3 million into the Wisconsin races of Green Bay, Madison, Milwaukee, Kenosha, reportedly to ensure that voting could take place in accordance with prevailing anti-COVID public health requirements. Wisconsin laws say voting is a right, but that voting by absentee ballot must be carefully regulated to prevent the potential for fraud or abuse, to prevent over-solicitation of absent electors who may prefer not to participate in an election. Wisconsin law also says that elections are to be run by clerks or other government officials. But the five cities that received sucker bucks outsourced much of their election operation to private liberal groups in one case so extensively that a sidelined government official quit in frustration. This was by design. Cities that received grants were not allowed to use the money to fund outside help unless CTCL specifically approved their plans in writing. CTCL kept tight control of how money was spent and it had an abundance of partners to help with anything the cities needed. Some government officials were willing to do whatever CTCL commended, recommended. As far as I'm concerned, I am taking all of my cues from CTCL and work with those who recommend. CTCL not only had plenty of recommendations, but made available a network of current and former election administrators and election experts to scale up your vote by mail processes and ensure forms, envelopes, and other materials are understood and completely correctly by voters. Power the polls are a liberal group recruiting poll workers promised to help with ballot curing. The liberal mikvah challenge worked to recruit high age school poll workers. And the left-wing Brennan Center offered help with election integrity, election post-election audits and cybersecurity. The Center for Civic Design, an election administrative policy organization that frequently partners with groups such as Liberal, Billionaire, Pierre Omidyar's Democracy Fund designed absentee balance and voting instructions often working directly with an election commission to design envelopes and create advertising and targeting campaigns. The elections group are linked to the democracy fund. Wow. This is amazing how they did this by sending out a lot of money under the, the guise of helping COVID where? COVID. Those that needed help for COVID. Interesting. It was... Um, it was, I would say that the plan by democratic strategists to bring activist groups into election offices worked in part because no legislature had ever imagined that a nonprofit could take over so many election offices so easily. If it can happen to Green Bay, Wisconsin, sweet little old Green Bay, Wisconsin, these people can coordinate any place, said Janelle Brantin, a state representative in Wisconsin. And she was right. What happened in Green Bay happened in Democrat run cities and countries, counties across the country. 400 million Zuckerbergs, Zuckerbucks were distributed with strings attached officials were required to work with partner organizations to massively expand mail in voting and staff their election operations with partisan activists. The plan was genius, and because no one ever imagined that the election system could be privatized in this way, there were no laws to prevent it. Such laws should now be a priority, summarizes our author, Molly Hemingway. Well, that was enlightening. I did not know that. I did not know that that had happened. And I'm hoping that there are laws that would prevent something like that happening again. Either way, it shouldn't happen. So I want to say thank you very much for today's um, presentation that I made and enjoyed. Uh, I want to tell my listeners to find you and me watching this together on YouTube, Roku, and listening to my internet radio podcast. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Searching for Integrity. So long and happy trials to all.